Hey guys, and welcome back to Southbridge Weekly. This is our last installment of our series, Discipleship Discussions. And here for our final episode in that series, uh, I have with me my wife, Katie. Hey guys, we're excited to just hop on the podcast and share a little bit about what discipleship has looked like in our lives. We've been able to meet with some really awesome people, have some good conversation, Um, but we just thought it would be fun to hop on and share a little bit about what it's meant in our life and uh, maybe even cast a little bit more vision for discipleship in the church. So um, we're excited to do it. It's crazy that it's already been eight weeks. Last week was week eight of discipleship discussions. Yeah, so this is week nine, which is crazy. feels like we just started this. Yeah, it's so... It's been lots of fun, and we're so glad that it has been beneficial for our church, and we're so grateful that we have such amazing people. I mean, we had a list of a lot more than we interviewed that we could continue this on, Um, but we're excited to move on to our next topic very soon. We can go ahead and share that if you'd like. Right, so after this series... And we're going to take a one-week break, so we will not be here with you next week, next Friday. Um, But September 18th, we'll be back starting a new series that we're calling Coffee and Theology. Because who doesn't like coffee, especially when you're talking about theology? That's right. And also, (laughs) I was going to have coffee with me anyway, so, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I always have it there anyway. So we're, so we're really, excited for that. We are. We're really excited about it. Um, and Pastor Todd's going to be a part of that. Um, he's going to be kind of heading up the theology talks. So it's going to be really exciting. Um, and some more just great stuff coming for our church community. So Yeah, I'm excited to learn a lot about that. Yes. So. But without further ado, we'll hop into our discipleship discussion time together. So um, how do you want to start this, Brandon? Well, I thought that we've been asking everyone else um, how discipleship has played a role in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we'd just start, we would just start with that. I'd ask you, what yeah. role has discipleship played in your life, um, either as a discipler, mm-hmm. someone who has met with people, or as someone who has been discipled by others? Yeah, so I'll just start with um, me being discipled because that's where it began, uh, where really my discipleship journey began. So um, before that, just something I want to weave into the story is a little bit of where I was in my relationship and walk with the Lord and then where I am now. So I remember, I think... Actually, I don't have a great memory, but I'm fairly certain um, I was in seventh grade. And I remember I went to a Christian school and I I can't recall what they were trying to get us to do um, regarding our walk with Christ or um, living differently. I feel like I don't remember. I think we were talking about like movies and stuff like that. I remember looking at my friend and saying, I just don't understand why we can't be like everybody else. Like to be a Christian, you don't have to be this weird, crazy person and um, not do all of these things. Like we can look like everybody else and be a Christian. It's just crazy to me. Um, And I laugh at that now because I am so different than that. Not because I'm a better person in air quotes, 
but because God has grown me so much to understand why we do the things that we do as Christians and how we are called to actually look different than the rest of the world to be set apart. So in high school, I had my first discipleship relationship and I didn't even realize it was discipleship. Um, I had no idea. So um, it's very important that you know that. So I um, had a real, two really great youth leaders, um, Matt and Marcy Wooster. And Marcy, um, she just, she was a school teacher. She um, was a very young adult. She and Matt didn't have any kids. Like they were just the cool youth leaders. Um, and she just, we started a friendship and she was there for me in a lot of hard things I was going through in high school, um, in my (laughs) crazy, weird, angsty phases. Um, She just was always there for me. She would show up at my track meets. She'd show up at football games. They would be at everything that I was doing. Um, And so we had really great conversations. We never sat down and went through scripture, but she spoke into my life and I can specifically look back and know um, that she pointed me back to scripture and pointed me back to the Lord. And so I just think it's so beautiful and humble. A lot of times I feel like we can talk about discipleship relationships and identify ourselves as the discipler and like be like, oh yeah, I disciple this person. But she was so humble and just poured into me without expecting anything in return and expecting without expecting a big lofty title. Um, She just loved me where I was at and pointed me back to the cross. So um Fast forward to college, I was a part of a campus ministry, and I, at this point, was living differently than the world, Um, so I had grown in that process from middle school and seventh grade, Um, but I remember they were starting something new at the campus ministry I was a part of, and um, they were doing discipleship, and I remember specifically looking at someone and saying, I just don't do this whole discipleship thing. I don't understand why it's important. It's just weird. Like it's uncomfortable. It's not necessary. I come, I do worship and I have my friends that are here and I'm a part of a small group. So I basically was just like, I don't think it's important, which mind you, I wasn't really a part of a small group. I was just showing up every now and then. Um, so <laughs> then about a year later, God put two people in my life that became my disciples, And I knew like we specifically talked about them discipling me. So I share this sort of series of events um, specifically to um, just kind of share some raw, real stuff. So often when people are podcasters or somebody writes about a certain topic in a blog post, um, we can look at them and put them on a pedestal thinking that um, they've got it all together. They've got it figured out. And I hope this story shows you I am a facilitator of this podcast and have helped with discipleship discussions. Yes, but there were years of my life where I not only didn't value discipleship, I didn't really value the call for us as Christians. Matthew 28, and you guys know where I'm going. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, it's the Great Commission. 
I'm going to read that real quick. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I'm so grateful that I can read this and know that this is my call and get excited about it now. In seventh grade, I would have read this and been like, ugh. Um, <laughs> if somebody would have shared that with me when I was saying, I don't really think this discipleship thing is important, it would have been a stab in the heart because literally those two stories, those two instances, I was saying, I don't believe my Bible. I don't believe what Jesus called me to do is important. And I just want God because I want to be in heaven one day. I know that can kind of be gut-wrenching um, and it is maybe a reality check for some of us. And I know um, in different seasons of my life, remembering this is a reality check for me. Um, but I share that because so many times, and I won't get on a soapbox, but we can hear about podcasts about theology or motherhood or um, I don't know, you name it and be so excited and be like, this is for me. This is what I need right now. When mm -hmm. we hear about something regarding discipleship, yeah. and I'm not just saying this because we've done one on discipleship, but just for real, we hear about one on discipleship, and we're like, oh, cool. And we aren't that excited about it. We may skip over it. We may listen to a minute of it and move on. But guys, this is the essence of who we are, Jesus called his disciples to follow him and be fishers of men. Our call in this scripture is to make disciples. That was like the last thing Jesus said to his disciples, right, Brandon? It was. Uh, yes. So um, anyway, that is all I will say. If you are in the boat that I have been in before and you just don't see the value of um, discipleship, I know that I did not value being discipled myself. So there is no way in that time was I actually making disciples. Um, so if you're in that boat and you are just kind of like, man, I've missed this. I've missed this call. Guys, there's grace. And the Lord is taking you on a process and on a journey where, um, I mean, it's not too late for you to be discipled or disciple someone. And it doesn't matter your age. I meet with um, older ladies um, just a season ahead of me just because I want their wisdom. I have questions. I want to hear about what their walk with the Lord and walk in life has looked like. And so that is such a benefit for me, mm. um, especially when I'm pouring out. So yeah. there are three things that I want to share. Um, as I'm kind of wrapping up my discipleship talk. Um, and there's three points that I would um, leave you with. Number one is we are called to make disciples no matter what we may think or how we may feel. Um, we may not feel like doing it. We may feel inequipped. Um, and we may think that it's silly, but we're called to do it. So um, that's number one. Number two, we don't have to make it a lofty goal. 
We can be humbly obedient in discipleship. It can be casual. We've talked about that in some of the other podcasts. Um, So often we can think that it has to look a certain way and we have to tie it with a pretty little bow. Um, But just like Marcy discipled me and humbly loved me and pointed me back to the cross, we can do that for others in our life. Um, And man, like everybody doesn't have to know about it. Um, and then three to pour out, we need to allow ourselves to be poured into. Mm. So we can't expect ourselves to share the gospel with all the people on our street and start meeting with them for, um, to read scripture and not number one, have a model, but number two, just simply be poured into because you're going to get exhausted pouring out over and over and over again. So it may not be a weekly thing. I know some of us may be thinking about our schedule. It could be um, you just have somebody that you know is going to be there for you. You text them when you need encouragement. They text you encouragement. You meet once a month and just do lunch together, and they pour into you there. You may just need to ask somebody for encouragement so you look up to them. Um, But whatever it looks like, if you – want to follow this call to make disciples, please allow someone to pour into you and disciple you. Wow. That was good. Um, I guess it was I, long. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, you know, we all know and love you, Katie, and we <laughs> would expect nothing less. So, yes. which means if you know and love me, mine, my, mine's going to be a lot shorter, but and it doesn't mean that he doesn't actually have very profound things to say. Because what he's going to say, I promise you, will be very profound and mean so much more than all of the hundreds of words that I said. Oh, well, I don't know about that. But um, so I'll just answer the same question. Yes. Um, discipleship for me um, in high school was what helped me come to understand that the um the moment that i'd had as a six-year-old or however old i was i don't really remember um at the front of a church that my dad was serving at is in a in a um interim capacity at the time um was not actually a experience with jesus it was me doing what my friend had done um, and that was pointed out by some people in in high school. I was a freshman in high school. I was the singer in the worship band. I was definitely not a worship leader at the time um, because it helped me understand that I was not saved. Um, and it just took guys that were older than me and some of them, you know, only a year older than me, some of them three and four years older than me, taking time to talk to me, hold me accountable on things, ask me questions. Um, it took that for me to be able to understand that they had something that I didn't have. And that was a desire to, um, to know the Lord more. Um, so it's, it's a pretty important thing in my life in that it helped me come to that realization, helped Mm -hmm. me make a decision um, for Jesus. Um, the one that I know is real and I can point back to, and I can tell you the date and not the time, but the date it was, uh, it was New Year's <laughs> Come Eve. Come on, man. Yeah. I wish I could tell you that. Wouldn't that be great if it was like midnight on New Year's Eve? 
<laughs> but it, I don't know what, what time it was, but it was on New Year's Eve, my freshman year of high school. Um, and then one of the other things that I'll say um, about how else it's played a role in my life is that I didn't understand what I was being asked to do for a long time. Yeah. Um, I did not understand one, how to do it because, um, no one had ever taught me, you know, that all that happened in high school and that, and that was good. But at some level you're just a high school kid and it's hard to really get these rhythms and like understand what, what's happening. But, you know, in college, I, I, you know, I didn't really seek it out. And when you don't seek that kind of stuff out, it sometimes it just falls falls through the cracks and so I got to be in a position where I am discipling people have interns and college students and people like that that I'm pouring into are supposed to be and I didn't know what to do um and it took um a lot of intentionally like well because I am who I am I researched things at the time Mm -hmm. and that can help some but it didn't necessarily give me like a blueprint or anything yeah um but it's by having someone come alongside you and and say okay this is i'm going to do this with you so that you can replicate it mm-hmm. um that is is what um helped me understand what it means to be someone who pours into someone else and who does make disciples um and it looks different in lots of contexts and yeah. you know i i think that I probably suffered from the thing that we talked about where I thought, and I think I even just said it like that there was this, there was this rhythm and there was this thing that I was supposed to do to make disciples. Um, but you know, I think one thing that I've heard someone say is you're making disciples of, of things, no matter, no matter what you're always making disciples of things. It's what are you making a disciple of? Yeah, that's good. And, um, and for me it was, I was making a disciple of football or I was making a disciple of music or whatever. Um, and it hasn't been until a more recent um, time in my life where I feel like I can say that I have been making disciples of Jesus. It's awesome. Or at least attempting to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, not perfect and um, I will never, never, ever claim to be. So, um, I guess my encouragement for people out of that is know what you're making a disciple of. Mm. Like, you know, it's fine to talk about football. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine. To talk about music. It's, that's all great. But what is at the center of our life is what we will spend the most time talking about and what we will actively try to pursue. Yeah. So um, a few weeks ago, I don't remember who I was interviewing, who I was talking with, but um, I brought up rabbinical, rabbinical, yeah, rabbinical. Sorry, um, rabbinical training, um, because Jesus was a rabbi, and so I, Brandon actually shared this with me. I was pretty proud of myself that I remembered it during that podcast interview. I was proud of you too. Um, Brandon actually taught it to me. So I would love for you to share what you taught me about rabbinical training. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm, I'm a nerd. And one thing that I do is I research things when I'm passionate about them. So I researched a lot of this, but, um, and learned it from, um, a guy who gave a much more eloquent speech or talk than I'm about to give right now. But basically, 
the whole goal of being a student of a rabbi was one, you would go wherever they went. Mm-hmm. Then you would do whatever they did. And the whole goal was not to then become your own thing. Your whole goal was to become just like that rabbi. Because you knew what he said was true. You knew what he said was trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And so for you to be trustworthy, you were going to be just like that person. And that that's where the idea of being a disciple comes from. Because that's what rabbis, all rabbis had disciples. And that's what they were doing. They were constantly teaching them to basically be themselves. So crazy and cool. And just, I will never forget Brandon teaching me that. And just that image in my mind it just made sense like the context of their culture the context of a rabbi why the disciples were with Jesus so much doing all these different things like it totally made sense but I love that image of them just following him around learning everything that he did how he responded to people how he talked to people how he blessed people how he um I don't know, just how he did everything that he did. It's so beautiful to think of. And that's literally what we are called to emulate. Yeah. We're supposed to, I mean, the term make disciples can sometimes lose its meaning, but what we're supposed to do is make others who look like Jesus. Look like Jesus. And we're supposed to, and you can't, I mean, there's one thing that Paul says, Um, and I'm going to get this quote wrong and Todd's going to make, make fun of me maybe, but, um, where he tells in one letter, I don't remember which one it is again, Todd, you can come make fun of me later. Um, but he says, I want you to strive to just be like me. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you read that and you're like prideful. Yeah. What a ego. What a guy. Yeah. But the reason that he did that is because. He knew that he was emulating Jesus the best he knew how. Yeah. And so what he wanted you to, what them, them to do and us to do, and if you extrapolate that out, is to do what he, the example that he had set because he knew that that would get you as close to Jesus as he knew how to teach you. Which is so, when you actually understand what he's saying, there's so many times, like I just said, that I read some of the things Paul wrote, and I'm like, man, this man's ego is huge. But in reality, when you understand what he's saying, that's so humble. Yeah. He's not saying emulate who I am. He wants you to be he wants, he wants you to, you to be like Jesus. Christ. Yeah. He's died to himself and said, I'm going to be Jesus to this world and I want you to do the same thing. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And so that brings me back to I, I brought this up specifically because of the profound thing that I promised you would say. <laughs> um how you talked about we're making disciples of something. Yeah. Very often we are making our own little disciples. Mm-hmm. We are saying, I want somebody to say that I was discipled by this person. I mean, how we, how I talked about Marcy didn't want any status and how I challenged us to be humble. Like so often we aren't that we find pride and status in a world that craves pride and status. We can twist it so much. I can make little Katie's instead of little Christ. Yeah. Um, how you talked about football. I mean, we literally 
are making disciples of something each and every time. And we make disciples of ourselves so much Mm -hmm. because of us being like the world and being like society. Right. Yeah. So that's, Hey, I talked for longer than I thought I was going to talk. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Um, well, I feel like that pretty well puts a bow on our eight slash now nine week. Uh, it's our wrap up dive. Week. Yeah, dive into into discipleship. Yes. So. Well, and how I said we may just kind of speak a little bit into um, what discipleship in the church, our goals and our hopes are. I hope that you go back if you didn't listen to Pastor Todd's vision casting episode that you go back and listen to that. Um, and listen to all the episodes if this is the first one you've listened to. Basically, yeah. these are the people of our church that we're interviewing. And so um, we hope that those are great examples to each and every one of us. But mm-hmm. something specifically that God is just doing in the midst of our leadership at Southbridge is um, really having us hone in on following and fishing. You're probably going to hear those terms more often than not moving forward at Southbridge. Um, And so today, as we leave this episode, I just want us to think about that. How are we following Jesus? And then how are we fishing? How are we um, making disciples Mm. of Statesboro, of all nations? How are we doing that? And are we doing that? Are we following Jesus and are we fishing? That's our call. So just a little bit about what God's been doing in the staff and leadership's hearts over the past month or so. Yeah. So you'll, you'll definitely be hearing that, that again um, from all sorts of places, but guys, we uh, are so thankful that you joined us today um, for week nine of discipleship discussions, the final one for a little while. Um, But we will be back September 18th. Yes. And we will have a brand new series for you, Coffee and Theology. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to learn a lot about things I probably do not understand at all at this moment. (laughs) So be excited for that. They're going to be some short little dives into theology with with Todd and some other people from the church. So hope you all will join us. Until then, grace and peace. See you guys later.